thank you for this great day. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to open up the Word of God and be taught. Holy Spirit, I ask you to continue to move in our hearts. Challenge us today. Teach us your ways, Father, that we don't live for us. We live for you. And I pray, Father God, through this whole series, Father God, that we get stronger at relationships, whether that be with our spouses, whether that be with friends, family. Father, help us be Christ-like in every relationship we have. And we just give you praise and go in honor for a wonderful, wonderful time. So last week, y'all heard Pastor Craig Groeschel. He's my buddy. We hang out all the time, play golf. But anyway, he brought a word last week. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't hang out with him. I would like to, but I don't. Uh, he brought a word last week and talked about, you know, uh, continuing the series. And he preached on mission-driven, being a mission-driven, basically saying, you know, some of the, the statements that he had made is, you know, about unity, you know, being in unity. That is the mission of a good marriage and a good relationship, no matter what it is, friends or, or marriage. The week before that, we talked about Christ-centered, okay, being Christ-centered, mission-driven. And today, we're going to talk about devil-kicking. And I don't want this to be something that you just look at is a marriage or a relationship type. This is a personal story. <laughs> You've got to be a devil kicker. You've got to be willing to kick the devil out of your life because he's coming, and he's coming big time, okay? And I mean, he, he's, a, he's a booger. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every marriage starts out with high hopes and great expectations. Everyone believes that they have chosen the perfect one to marry, but unfortunately, half of all marriages end in divorce. That means you got a 50-50 shot when you're at the altar with the preacher and you're actually saying, I do. And I guarantee you, we would not take those odds into an airplane and say, you got a 50-50 chance of this plane landing. I mean, there is a 50% chance that this plane could end up in the, the ocean somewhere. Now, you may get on the plane, but I'm backing up. You can keep my $500 ticket. I am not getting on that plane if there's a chance the wing's going to fall off. Or I'm going to look out and see, you know, one of the engines burning. You ain't going to do it. But it's the same thing with marriage. Why would people, and that's what we're seeing, we're seeing an epidemic to where people just don't want to get married. It's because they already know that the statistics say that 50% of them are going to end in divorce, so why not just shack up and live together? It don't, it don't cost me nothing. Then I don't have no strings attached. I can actually walk away. And we think that's okay, and we have the culture that's actually telling us that's okay. Try it before you buy it plan. Okay, but that's not God's way. You can do that. You're free to do that. It's your choice to do that. But you can't expect God's blessing on your decision. You only get blessed based on what God has told us to do and how he's told us to do it. He's told you and me to seek him first. And he will add all these things to your life. That includes a woman or a man, friends. It goes on down the list. He will add to your life when you're seeking Him. When you're seeking all the other stuff, I'm telling you, you're going to end up adding some things to your life. Did you know that no one ever says before they get married, I'm going to buy some shiny things, I'm going to get you know, a lot of debt, and then we're just going to fight. Nobody says that kind of stuff. But do you know that's going on in marriages? They get married, and then they want everything that their mom and daddy had, and they're 40 or 50 years old, they're 20 and 22 years old, and we want everything they've got. So they go, and there's a lot of companies out there that will say, here you go, here you go, pay it in 10 years, you're good, no interest, we got you. And then you look up five years down the road, and you're draining in debt, and you're fighting. No one says that, I hope to become a raging porn addict. I want to have an uncontrollable lust, thrills on images I don't need to look at. So we won't have no intimacy. Nobody goes into marriage thinking that. Nobody does. But do you realize that three out of every five men 
on the planet are watching porn at least two times a month. And the same statistic is true in church. Right now, porn is a huge industry that is absolutely poisoning the minds of women and men. And it's only growing stronger. I've seen where uh, Steven Spielberg, his daughter, is actually going into that industry or has been for a while. And she just came and publicly said that her dad, and everybody knows Steven Spielberg. Okay, y'all have heard him. And I don't know how many kids he's got, but this one in particular, that he is supporting his daughter in this type of endeavor. Because it's an industry that's growing like crazy with real people doing really bad things, and people are watching it. There's a good chance that we're in a room full of, not full of, but maybe there's some people in this room that you're, you're actually participating in that right now. And I hope this message actually encourages you not to. But nobody does that. Nobody goes to marriage and says, you know what, I'm just going to start telling a little lie, and then I'm going to let it be a medium lie, then a big lie, and then I'm just going to live out a lie. Nobody actually goes into marriage thinking that way. But you have that all the time in marriage. Nobody ever says, I'm going to get busy, I'm going to work all the time, you know, and I'm just, I'm just going to do my own thing, and I'm going to travel all over the world, and I'm just going to, you know, work, 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 and make money and not spend no time with each other. Nobody goes into marriage. The problem with marriage is this. What you did to get each other, we quit doing to keep each other. I'm telling you, everybody in this room, you can look back to when you was dating, if you're married, or even before, I mean, even if you're here and you, you went through a divorce, or you broke up with somebody, whatever the case may be, you can look back and you can say, you know what? When we was courting and when we was dating, I don't know about you guys, I would stay up late. I would go to the ends of the planet to spend time with her. I would go to work tired. I would, you know, it, whatever it took for me to spend time with her, I did it. That's why I don't understand people that say, well, I just, I got so much to do. I can't spend time together. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Man, I, I just don't, man, if you really meet somebody you love, you're going to jump over heels you're going to run through lions you're going to get chased by alligators whatever it takes you're going to get where you need to go you know what i'm saying i'm not going to take no for oh no baby you ain't got to come over here tonight oh baby's coming over tonight oh yeah baby's coming over i'm already in the car i'm heading away okay i'm going no 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 no. there's no i ain't coming over tonight i'm going to be with the girl i love i'm going to spend time with her i'm going to take her out i'm going to spend money on her that i don't have i'm, I'm going to get dressed up i'm going to get ready for it. we get married with all the clothes that we used to wear in the closet we got the blue jeans on dirty boots and you know oil and hey baby we're going on fix me some dinner whatever we kind of lose that that power and that want to to get our woman man hallelujah glory to god no one ever says these things before marriage but these things hate happen all the time that is why we are doing this marriage series on relationship goals, because I want to help those that are married to continue to build on a strong foundation and to help those that are not married to have a strong foundation before marriage. Listen, this church is going to be as strong as our relationships are. I want to see men in the house that ain't afraid to serve Jesus and lead their families. Amen? Be bold for serving Christ. Be bold. Be the first ones at the church. Be the first ones to pray. Amen. I want to see families that are strong. Hallelujah. And that happens if we spend time with it, like marriage conference, as we talk about relationship goals. A lot of you don't even know how to do relationships, especially the young people, man. I mean, we just think, oh, yeah, well, if I say I love you, you love me, we're good. We're, we're together. We're hooked up. We, we, we. No, you ain't. You ain't. You ain't at all. Amen. That is not relationship. Amen. 
you girls dating somebody or you're around some kid and man he don't that, that guy don't show you no attention he don't you know go out of his way to to be nice to you that guy's got to go you out of here jack i'm gonna tell you that right now girls i mean guys you got a girl that's you know dressing half naked and showing everybody off their stuff and and it ain't really treating you right or you know spending time with you hey you gone chick amen i mean man you just got to look and you got to have a standard man glory to god hallelujah Hallelujah. We have four relationship goals that we're centered in this whole series around. Christ-centered, mission-driven, uh, devil-kicking, and next week we're going to talk about covenant-keeping. And we did ask if anybody's got any questions about relationships. Man, drop them in here. We're going to talk about them next week. You know, uh, if, if you don't, I'm going to just make up some probably. We're going to question and we're going to answer because I believe some of y'all do have questions. And we want to be able to talk about them next week. Amen. Why are we talking about this? Because we need to know and never forget that we have a spiritual enemy. That is why we are ha we, we'll be dealing with, you know, devil kicking today. He hates us. He hates everything that matters to God and to you. In fact, Paul put it this way. He said in Ephesians 6, 11, he said, Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. How many strategies of the devil? All. all the, so devil is actually getting strategies to come to you. And to knock you out. Right now, while you sit here, some of y'all paying attention, some of you not paying attention. Do you know who is paying attention right now? Your enemy. And he's watching you and seeing how well you're absorbing what's being said right now. Then he watches you when you leave as to are you even going to do what the guy said. Sometimes he don't have to do much because most of us leave and go back to doing what we did before we got here. You know what I'm saying? But if we sit there like a sponge and something's said, man, we got to put on the armor of God, then guess what we're going to do? We're going to go home and find out, how do I put on the armor of God? I mean, it's just, it's just real, amen? We want to be ready for that rat. He goes on to say, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What do we know about what we know about what Paul is saying in these verses? Whatever God blesses, Satan curses. Whatever God loves, Satan hates. This is his mission, guys, is to get us off track. And if he can do it, and he really likes to get Christians off track. You know, he likes, he don't, you know, he works on every marriage being divorced, but there's something about getting two believers that are following Christ to get a divorce. That's almost like a, a double win for him. It's not like, whoa, man, we did it. Amen? And he wants us to hate each other. It's just the devil is he's a wicked, wicked man. Spirit. Hallelujah. If you've ever found yourself struggling in a relationship, frustrated, angry, upset, hurt, afraid, you've lost trust, know this, guys. Your spouse, your friends are not your enemy. Your enemy is the, in, the devil. Amen? is wicked spirits, evil spirits in heavenly realms. That is who you're battling. They are the ones that are pushing people to be mean and ugly, not people. If you can ever get people to see God, they start being nice. Amen? But it's a matter of them having their blinders removed to be able to see what's in front of them. Again, if the spirit world could be unleashed right now and you could see even the activity in this room, it might appall many of us. So what's on your shoulder trying to get you to do something you don't need to do Amen. right now? But thank God we don't have eyes to see that right now because it would probably be scary. But on the other hand, if your eyes were open, you might, you might see the angels that are trying to encourage you, 
to continue to walk after God and to continue to go with Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me ask you this. What if you got an alert on your phone and a nearby a person was just released from prison? And this person that was just released from prison, he hates you. He hates your kids. He has been waiting for the day that he can come and kill you. And now this person has been released from prison and you are at the top of his most wanted list. He's coming for you and your kids. Let me ask you what you would do in the natural. Would you just say, oh, no big deal. We're just going about our life. It's no big deal. Would you ignore that alert? Uh-uh. You would begin to say, uh-uh, no. And you would do whatever it took. You'd get an alarm system, shotgun, bow and arrow, whatever, bombs. I mean, whatever you need, that joker ain't coming in my house. He ain't getting my kids. He ain't getting my life. How many of you know that's the devil? That's what he's trying to do to every single person of us. He's trying to get us to commit to doing something we shouldn't do to where he can absolutely grip, yank us out of this world. The devil is a snake, man. I'm telling you, he don't play fair. I'm telling you, he is a mean joker. That's why Peter said this in 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, stay alert. Watch out your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You could even say it like this, looking for marriages to devour. He's looking to devour those that say yes to Jesus. And we've got to be willing to be ready and be alert. And like Belinda said, the only way you stay ready and alert is you've got to be full of the Word. Get close to the one who can detour you around all the minds that are there to blow up as you walk across it. And we are walking across the earth here, and it's a very dangerous place here. I mean, back to the porn thing. You know, you may say, well, you know what? My kids... They don't deal with that porn. They don't look at that porn. No, no. I watch everything they do. Really? <laughs> wow. Let me give you the trophy for the best parent in the house. Let me tell you something. When your kids leave you, they say this. I mean, statistically, that kids begin to start, they're exposed to porn by the time they're in like the fourth grade. Okay? Because maybe you do guard them. But guess what? You don't parent all those other kids in school. And they all have cell phones. And this stuff is all over the place. Access to this stuff is, 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 is crazy, okay? And we've got to, to be able to be alert and, be, and train our kids up to know that the spiritual enemy is trying to get them. Amen? Those images that you see, they're fake. They're phony. There's nothing you can do with them. That's why I like to go get the real deal. See, I can do something with this. You see what I'm saying? I can do something with this. But if I'm looking at porn, and I'm looking at these images that are fake and phony, I, I, I can't do nothing with that. I can't have no fun with that. You might think you can. You can't. All you're doing is poisoning your brain, poisoning your mind. And you're doing more than that. You're poisoning the relationship you're in or you're poisoning the relationship that you will be in one day. Right. It's big, man. It's big. Man, the devil comes knocking. Hey, look at me. Woo! I mean, you see it falling off, baby. You say, no, I'm not going to give you the time of day. Delete, delete, throw the phone across the and the woods. You run from that stuff. Amen? 
Don't you give it the time of day. And if you've got people in your life that are addicted to that, don't you judge them. You pray for them. Now, for your kids, you put a little w, UFC on them or something. You know what I'm saying? We take them out. But I'm talking about if you're married to somebody or if you, if you know somebody, a friend or something that's struggling, pray with them. Man, stand in the gap for them. Amen? Because it is an addiction and it is hard to get away from. But through the power of prayer, we can do it. Stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, I say that scripture. I'm going to stop right here for a minute because I say that scripture and, and, and some of y'all just don't get it. You're not getting it. And I think sometimes in church we can just read something and just run past it and go to the next point. There's a devil that hates you. He's trying to take you out. When you read about young people, 10, 12, 18, 20, adults, 25, 30, 40, and they were in this horrible wreck, and it took them out. Do you understand your enemy and my enemy is trying to set up that right now for me and you? There is no such thing as an accident. Let that sink in. We call it an accident, just like we call a tornado an act of God. That ain't an act of God. Not my God. Now, little g God, yeah, but not my God. An accident is a planned strategy of the enemy to take people out. And it could have been the absence of prayer for those individuals. It could have been you opened a door that you shouldn't have opened. Because again, I, nobody, I know nobody in here ever misses it. Y'all get it all right all the time, right? I mean, y'all, when y'all get home, y'all just float on a cloud, halos over your head. And I mean, you just are a walking angel. No, we can miss it. We can mess up. And if you're, if you're a Christ follower, that's okay. If I miss it, guess what? I open my eyes and I'm looking at Jesus. Hey, what's going on? Oh, man, I blew it. Man, wish I'd have did better there. But hey, I'm in heaven. Glory to God. You know what I'm saying? But so many times we look at these things and we go, wow, why did that happen? Man, that freak accident, why did that happen? Guys, your enemy is working day and night to try to take us out. He is. And he's constantly looking for ways to do it. That's why when we come to church and we hear messages that say, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around trying to take you out. We need to make a, make a mental note of that and know that, guess what? You're the one he's wanting to take out. Oh, no, man, I live at home, man. I mean, I'm young. Ain't no big deal. You know, my mom and dad, they pray for me. We're good, we're good, we're good. Yeah, really, okay? That's not the case. I'm telling you, we're all responsible to stay alert. One thing we know about the devil, that he never announces his attack. He never announces you a warning that I'm coming for your marriage or I'm coming for you. You know, you're doing good. And then here comes the destroyer. He does not say, hey, I'm coming. I'm better ready to take you out. No, he don't do that. He don't do that. Again, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, when he says may devour there, that kind of implies to me that he has to get some type of access. That means that I have to absolutely give him a place to devour. He may devour. 
That don't mean he can devour. It means he may devour. That means he's getting some type of some access. I'm, I'm, I'm working with him or, or I'm doing something that's on his territory or, or I'm acting like him and not acting like Christ. I, I, I'm living for him and I'm not living for Christ. I'm doing something to give that enemy some access to me. And we've got to be wise enough to know that God don't want that to happen to us. That he's given us a warning right here. He's letting us know the enemy's coming for you. The good news about you being a Christian is you have inside information. You have the Holy Spirit. You have God working with you. You have access to be able to go around that which he's planning for you. That's good news. Hallelujah. He is the father of lies and the truth is not in him. He is bad all the time. There are two ways that the devil will often attack and it's through distractions or seductions. Distractions we see with Eve and the fruit. King Solomon trying to please the people and it didn't work out too good. Judas' love for money. The money distracted Judas and got him off track. There's a powerful scripture in the Bible that Solomon said. And before he said this, there were some other things he was saying to the woman he loved. He was complimenting his beloved uh, Shulamite woman. These are things I would not encourage any man to say to his wife. He said, your hair is like a flock of goats. Your neck is like the Tower of David. That is not something I would recommend saying to anybody you say you love, okay? That's not, but in that day, I guess it was a big deal. I mean, woman, David, goat hair. I mean, it must have been a good thing. But he shifts his tone and he says to this, his girl, he says, in Solomon, uh, Songs of Solomon 2.15, he says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, are vineyards that are in blossom. You know, in the New Testament, we see where Jesus said it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. It's the small things. It's the little distractions that, that he gets us looking on that actually has access for the enemy to come in and rob for us. Foxes here, are, are they, they represent the enemy. They eat blossoms so that you will never have a grape. You know, when a blossom don't hit the ground, you're not going to have a grape. So what the fox would do would eat the blossom, and that would cause them not to have any harvest. What is he saying? You've got to watch out for the little foxes that seem harmless, barely even notice. They will destroy everything in your life. Remember, the enemy don't come to you with a cape and a pitchfork and a megaphone. He comes very easy, one little thing at a time. You can even think you're doing good. You can even think things are going right. And he's just working it and working it. That's why we got to stay in the Word and we got to be ready all the time. What does the enemy do? He tries to distract you with small things that you might not even notice, like comparison. Devil will try to get you to compare your husband. Well, he didn't take he don't take me on a date. He's not that romantic. He has no emotional connection to me at all. I mean, he don't even notice me. I go home, he don't even notice me. But that guy at work, he watches everything you do, girl. Man, he knows you. I mean, you and him, y'all are like, <laughs> I mean, y'all stick like glue. I mean, y'all are on the same page. You know when you go to work every day, hey, when you're sitting in your office and, and man, he just comes in and starts talking, y'all connect. And y'all do. There's a great connection between you two. And see, that just happens over time. And the next thing you know, she's comparing herself or her husband to somebody else. And the next thing you know, they drift away from each other. It don't happen overnight. Like I was telling Belinda, most adulterous affairs don't happen like, hey, I love you. Let's go to bed. Uh-uh. No, they don't happen that way. Slow. 
And that's just the way the enemy does. Hallelujah. Maybe it's a fight over money. You got no plan, no agreement. You have no trust with each other. Maybe one of you is controlling or critical or picks everything apart, passive, defensive. These are real things that happen in marriages, guys, that go on after two people stand at the altar and say, I do, I love you till death do us part. I'll do everything for you. The happiest marriages on the planet are the marriages that two people serve each other like crazy. It's all about serving. You forfeit your right to your own life when you get married. You say no to your life, your body. You know, your body's not even your own. Her body is not her own. It's now my body. My body is her body. And if we do it right, guys, I'm telling you, we will serve each other all the days of our lives. It ain't about what I you know, have to do for her. It's about what I get to do for her. She asked me to take out the trash. Yes, ma'am, I'll get the trash. No problem. Let's do this thing. We got it. She asked me to make the bed. I go make the bed. She asked me to go check the mail. I check the mail. She asked me to rub her back. I call my daughter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I rub, she's a massage therapist anyway, but I mean, I, I, I rub her back. You're constantly trying to serve each other. You can't have a happy marriage if you've got a bunch of other best friends. That's my best friend. And if you can't be your wife or your husband's best friend, don't get married. Let me say that again. Don't get married. That's my best friend. That's everything to me. Now, I have other friends. She's my best friend. Because, see, best friends you want to spend time with. You do. And the problem with a lot of people, they get married and they have a lot of best friends except their, their spouse. And guess what? They end up having those friends and not the spouse. Hallelujah. Is that right, Val? Am I right? How long y'all been married? Six months? <laughs> they just got married yesterday. How long y'all been married? Eight months? That's a typical husband right there. That's why they've been married. I can relate to him. Hallelujah. But that's, uh, that's the people you want to hang around. Like right there. Hallelujah. Get some insight. Hallelujah. Maybe it's the little things like nitpicking, meaningless, insignificant things. I don't like the way you drive. I don't like the way you walk. I don't like the way you chew. I heard one person say the other day that his wife said, I, I don't like the way you breathe. That could be a problem. That could be a huge problem. But that's, that, that's the kind of stuff that happens. See, what we don't do in marriage are, are, are premarital things, and we don't look for. Everybody that's dating somebody, unless they're perfect, which I doubt they are, and even some of y'all that are married, you know that there were some little things about them that was bugging you when you was dating. And you thought that would go away. It don't go away. What's a problem while you're dating becomes Mount St. Helen when you get married. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's true, guys. We got to deal with things and be honest. In, before you say, I do, be honest. You know, that bugs me, girl. I can't deal with that. You might find out that you don't need to be with that person before you ever say, I do. Well, no, I don't want to do that because, you know, Christians... Yeah, it's a special day. We get, to, we get to have sex. And, you know, we can't do that if we're not Christians. You know, we, we have this, these boundaries. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get married because, whoo, Talk to me, somebody. See, it's true. I mean, really, guys. I mean, I mean really? Is that what we're working toward a relationship for is, is we can have sex? 
Because if we get married now, we can do it legally. What? That's going to last you about two days. Maybe a year. Come on, get an amen up here, Lord. Amen, amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Hallelujah. The bottom line is the devil knows your weakness. He knows your weakness. The devil knows how to trigger your anger, insecurities, and fears. He will say to you that you're not compatible. You must not be, and it must not have been God's will. He'll say these things after things start falling apart. See, he actually will actually pull y'all apart, and then he'll get y'all apart and go, God's will. You see what I'm he don't give up. He keeps going after you. What does he do? He will use distractions to get you away from the one you said that you love. He will try his best to get you out of unity and into division. The devil also will use seductions like sexual temptations to take us away from God's plan. Like I said earlier, 60% of divorces cite porn factor as a major factor of the divorce. Paul says in something in Ephesians that I believe is so for us today. Ephesians 5.3. It says, but among you there must not even be a what? Hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. We don't want to give the devil a chance to knock us out. Okay? We don't want to give him a chance. He said don't even have a hint of these things in our lives. Glory to God. Because I believe a lot of people here have lowered their standard for what purity is today. I want to play a game with you. Because I believe that purity has been lowered, okay? I'm going to give you some scenarios, and you can tell me if you think there might be a hint of sexual immorality or impurity. Y'all ready? Okay. Um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> you just tell me this. Okay, sin to lie to spouse. You have a hot, passionate sex with somebody you met online. Would that be a, a hint of sexual immorality? Okay. You watch porn on your phone. You, uh, you, you lust wildly, and you can't control your urges. Would that be a little bit of a hint of sexual immorality? Okay. Uh, you know, you might even not go that far. You might say, well, not full-blown form, but maybe just sex, Netflix, you know, little, you know, things that have the sexual innuendo on them, and, and you just kind of look at it. They don't go all the way, but just a little bit, not a little bit. Would that be considered like a hint of sexual immorality? Oh, yeah. What about if you dress prerogatively? Post immodest photos and improper conversations. Would that be a sense of impurity? It would be a hint. It would be a hint. Paul said, not a hint. Not a hint. We don't even go there. We don't go there at all. What is impurity? It's poison. We need to keep a lot of distance. We need to run away. Just imagine me having a line right here. Okay, let's just imagine here's a line, and the, and the line is sin. Okay, well, I'm on this side of the line. And there's this huge 30-foot rattlesnake sitting there looking at me. Now, if I cross that line, guess what? I'm on his side, and I could take the chance of getting bit. Okay? I don't know how you feel about snakes, but I can tell you that line, I wouldn't even be this close. I would be so far away from that line to get away from that which is going to cause me harm. Well, see, I can see that. But see, a lot of times we forget that there's a line in our life. And we're not supposed to step across it, and it's called sin. That when we step across that line, guess what? What's on the other side? You've stepped out of grace. Now you over here on his side. And that's why a lot of Christians be talking about, well, man, it's the grace of God. Grace has got me. Grace has got me. And you're getting bit by all kinds of snakes. No, he gave you a brain. Don't get where the snakes are. That's, that's pretty obvious, right? 
Don't go where the snakes are. we got to stay away from them. That snake will bite you. It will hurt you. Why is it that we want to see how close to sin we can get and not get bitten? That is so dangerous and could ruin our lives. I believe that is what Solomon wrote this in Proverbs 4, verse 14. He says, Do not set on the path of the wicked. Don't set a foot on the path of the wicked. Or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your way. We're going to distance ourselves from anything that might compromise any part of us that would hurt our marriage, hurt our relationship. If we are vulnerable to, look, to looking at something on our phone, we're going to get rid of our phone. We're going to take some time and get rid of it. We're going to limit that access. We don't get along with the opposite sex. You ain't going to never see me sitting in a restaurant with another woman. Ain't never. You ain't going to see me counseling another woman by myself. Oh, uh-uh, ain't happening. It's just ain't, I'm not going to see her, which she did when we first got married. She went on a long trip with a guy, and I'm thinking, what the heck are we going to do? We got to talk about this. <laughs> But we've, we've resolved that. We're good to go. Hallelujah. No, that was, it was an accident. Hallelujah. I didn't think it was an accident. My woman walked around with some guy. It didn't feel like an accident, but it was. I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Okay. No ongoing conversations with the wrong people on social media. Come on. Old flames, old boyfriends, old girlfriends. You get them off your social media. Got to go. You guys got a girl that was liking you in high school. She got to go. Got to go. Same thing with the guy, I mean the girls. Don't follow people visually or relationally and being tempted, okay? Don't be following them, all right? Uh, if you're vulnerable at the gym, work out at home. <laughs> if you can't handle Instagram, you delete the, delete the app. Dangerous relationships at work, move. Change your job. Quit the job and go somewhere else. I'm telling you guys, God will provide, amen? When the devil comes at you, you stand up against him and do what you got to do to get away from him, and you watch God will help you. What are we going to do? We're going to distance ourselves from anything that could harm us or our marriage. We don't want even a hint of that near us. You may say that is crazy. Why are you so into that? (laughs) What I like to tell myself is this. Why fight a temptation in the future if I have the power to eliminate it today? Let me say that again. Why fight a temptation in the future if I have the power to eliminate it today? The devil is coming after you and he wants us to compromise and step over the line of sin. Hallelujah. I want to just drop down to, um, there is, um, 1 Corinthians 10 says this. So if you do face a temptation and you say, man, I just don't, I, I mean, this is too, too, too heavy for me. I, I, I just, I want, I'm giving into it too much. Maybe you're facing a temptation and it seems to get the best of you. This is what Paul's saying right here in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Those of you that are married, okay, those of you that are not married, you may pass on this message and say, this is just for married people, and I think I made that very clear that it's not. Singles, you may say that this message has nothing to do with you, do with me. And it has been fun listening to me get on to all the married people. No, 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 no. The devil is targeting you as well. He wants to distract and seduce you as well. Some of you here have walked and walked away from your first love. Some of you maybe have said that when I get married, I will do right. No, 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 no. What you do today matters. Like I said in week one, you don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. That means you get yourself ready for when that day comes, boom, you're ready to go. Whenever I'm tempted to compromise or give in to something that would hurt Belinda, 
I visualized the, the, the destruction. I visualized what that destruction might be. And in that destruction, if I'm going to give in to sexual impurities, if I'm going to go have a relationship with a girl on the side and I might get caught, this is what stops me right here. I visualize who it's going to hurt. I know that, one, I'm going to meet God face to face and have an, uh, give Him an account of it. Number two, I'm going to hurt and disappoint a lot of people. I'm going to betray you and friends. I'm going I'm to, uh, I mean, God will forgive me, but my influence will never be the same. I remember years ago, a guy named, um, it was Pastor Jimmy Swaggart. I'll never forget it. I had just got saved. And they were comparing this man to the Apostle Paul because he was having so many people get saved in his ministry, literally changing the world. And I remember when he got busted with a prostitute. And I'm telling you, many of y'all may know. I mean, God forgave him, and he still had a ministry, and he still preached, and he's going to heaven. There's nothing about that. But his influence hit the ground. It hit the ground. He was never the same. And I think about that. Is it really worth eight seconds of enjoyment to be able to ruin somebody's life? No. In your influence? I would crush my children that I believe many of them fully believe that I am a follower of Christ and that I do desire to serve Christ. I would crush them. I would devastate my wife, Belinda, my best friend who loves me and has sacrificed beyond measure to be a blessing to my life. I count the cost. We have to be alert and ready to defeat the enemy when he comes to attack our marriage. You have to be alert and ready to defeat the enemy when he comes to attack your future marriage. I got one question I want to ask you to be prepared to, to, to think about and be honest about this. In your marriage, where are you currently most vulnerable to spiritual attacks and if you're not married you say where am I most vulnerable to spiritual attacks and be willing to own that I'm telling you if you have to ask the question what is it that I have done most of us in this room know what you've done you know what you've done I should say and we just want to get it right before God that's all God's want to do because as long as you hold on to your mistake and your problem God is limited to what he can do with you but the minute you ask God to forgive you, it opens up the floodgates for him to get to you. One thing God can't do for you is repent for you. He can't do that. That's on you. But repentance is to help. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, we have to be willing to stand up against the devil. And we have to be willing to speak his word. Everybody in this room... I want you to listen to me. Listen to me clearly. You've got to get the word of God in you. It's the only weapon you have to defeat the devil. Your tears. Uh, um, you're complaining. You're, you're getting mad. It's never going to move the devil away from you. You've got to get the word in you to use it as a weapon to defeat him. That's the only thing that gets his attention. You've got to be willing when he does come to you and say, no, not today, devil. Not, not in my house. Never. Not in my body. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You've got to begin to proclaim this and let him know he can't have what he's trying to get. And the only one that has the power to do that is you. You know, as I was preparing this, there was a song that just came to my heart that I, I wanted us to sing today. And we're going to do it. I know it's a little late, but we're just going to go ahead and do it. And if you have to leave, I understand you can step out. But this song right here, I believe, is, is God wanting to get to some people today. We don't normally do this, but we're going to do it today.
Because some of you need a miracle. Some of you need a touch in your life. Some of you need the presence of God to come in and change some things in your life. Some of you need to be encouraged. Some of you need to know that God is for you and not against you. Because a lot of times when we mess up and we make mistakes, we can, oh, we can think, well, we let God down, or, or He's mad at me, or, or, or why would He love me? I've messed up. No, 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 no. That's the reason He came is because you was messed up. And guess what? He knew you was going to be messed up again. He knew you might be messed up again, but He kept coming, and He keeps coming for you, for me, and He would never give up. So I want us to stand, and then I want us to just kind of lean in for the next few minutes, and I want us to sing this song, and it's called Waymaker. Amen? Uh, because God is the waymaker. God will make a way when there seems like there is no way. And I want you all to sing this with your hands lifted, and those that need a touch from God today... Know this, you're not singing to a man, you're singing to God Almighty. Amen? And you're expecting God to do something in your life. Let me ask you this, if in the next eight minutes God touched your heart, would that be worth staying a little bit longer? All I'm asking you to do is to lean in. Maybe your marriage ain't where it needs to be. Maybe you've, had a, you've been in divorce. Maybe things haven't gone right in your life. Let God minister to you and hit the reset button in some areas. Let Him come in and help you be a better husband, a better wife, a better individual as a whole. Let Him touch you today. And, and express yourself to God in this song. Talk to Him and let Him minister to you. Go ahead, guys. With you. He wants to see you be all He created you to be. And in this moment today, I want to just pray for all those that are single here today. I want to pray for every single one of you that are single. I want you just to lift up your hands, and I want to pray for you. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, and I lift up every single person in this room today that is single. Now I pray, Father God, that you minister to them, and you let them know that you can be everything to them that somebody else wasn't. That you can fill every void that maybe somebody created. That, Father, you can touch them. You can love them. You can be their one. You can be the one they're looking for. And I pray that today, that every single person in the room, that their love for you would turn up a notch. That, Holy Spirit, you would draw them into your life. Draw them into your presence. And let them know they don't need a man. They don't need a woman. All they need is you. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that as they find that in you, the rest will take care of itself. Touch them today, Lord. There is so many of them here today. Some of them may be hurting. Maybe some of them came out of a broken relationship. I pray, Father God, that you minister to them. And give them strength. Hallelujah. Now I want to pray for all the married couples in the house. If you're married here, whether your husband's here or not, whether your, spouse, or your wife's here or not, it don't matter. I want to pray for you today. Father, we come before you. Just lift up your hands. Father, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that every marriage that's here in this building, that it will be a marriage, hallelujah, that glorifies you, hallelujah, and represents Jesus on the earth. I pray, Father God, that you take these marriages here as we've listened to the Word today, that we will be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, that we will be on alert, we will protect our marriage, we will be best friends. Holy Spirit, I ask you to touch each marriage that their marriage would glow, that the love they have for each other would increase, that, Father God, they would be so in love with each other. And I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, if there is marriages here that are broken and hurt and scarred, I pray, Holy Spirit, you repair it. 
You touch it right now in Jesus' name. And that spouse that may not be here, I pray that you touch them right now in Jesus' name. Touch them in a way that they will know and not doubt that it's you. I pray, Father God, that in the name of Jesus, we will have strong marriages at Revolution Church with your help and your guidance. Now I want to pray for those that may not know Jesus. You're here today and you don't know Jesus. I want you to be bold. I'm not going to call you out. Your, your walk with God is your walk with God. But maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've, you've kind of walked away from Jesus. I want to pray with you today. And I want you to be bold. I don't want you to be shy. I want you to be bold. Say, man, Pastor, look, I want more of him. I want to be like Jesus. I want to walk with him and talk with him. And I want him to be with me. I want you to raise your hand. Just be bold. Be bold. I see that hand. Be bold. Hallelujah. Don't be shy. Ain't nobody going to call you out and embarrass you. But I'm telling you, the decisions you make in this room could affect every decision you make out of this room. Hallelujah. So let's all pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. And I want you just to confess this after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. And I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father for restoring me back to my relationship with you. Thank you, Father, for never giving up on me, for always being with me. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. If y'all could put your hands together right now for somebody that just came back to God. Hallelujah. We love it. Hallelujah. You know, we live in an exciting day, guys. God has given us, this church, an opportunity to do something amazing on the earth. And I want to encourage you as I traveled this weekend and went to two different churches and, and I've seen the energy and excitement that was at each one. I'm a guy that likes to hang around things that are bigger than me. I like to be stretched. I like to be able to see what I could have. And I'm telling you, friend, as a church, the best is yet to come for this church if, if, we will get excited about what God's doing in our church. Get excited about the vision of a barn. Get excited about the vision of reaching people of all ages and seeing them come, marriages be brought together, bodies being healed. Getting excited about reaching a community. If we will get excited, I'm telling you, it will attract people. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't want to just do church. I want to be the church. Amen? Let's watch God do something. We don't have to look across the street and go, wow, I wish we could have that. No, you can have that. We can have that, amen? And I believe that's what God's calling us to, amen? Amen. So be excited, hallelujah. Let people know, hey, look, man, we go to Revolution Church. Won't you come out here? We'll love you. We'll help you. We'll be with you, amen? And watch God do some great things in our lives, amen? Because one person don't build the church. It takes a family. Family, will y'all help us? Can we build this thing together? Amen? Because each one of us could walk out of here today and go join a church right down the street. I mean, you could, you could hit 50 churches before you ever get to this one. So getting to a church is not an issue, but where has God called us and what has he called us to do? Are we going to obey that? I say I'm ready, and I believe you're ready too. Let's do this thing. Amen? Let's don't forget, we're going to build a barn, okay? God's going to increase us, and we're going to increase the kingdom. Amen? We're going to see good things happen. Mom, did you have something? Mom gets this close to stage. She might be having a word or something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me pray over you guys and we'll be dismissed. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you. I pray that you would bless these beautiful people. 
I ask you to bless them, Father God. Those that have given to you today, those that have, have brought their tithes and their offerings to you today, I pray over their finances, Father God, that you would continue to increase them in Jesus' name. That, Father God, we've been given an assignment by you, Father God, to do a work on this earth. I thank you, Lord, for increasing everybody in this room, increasing us in every area of our life. I pray that Revolution Church is blessed above and beyond what we could ask or think. Thank you, Lord, for this marriage conference that's going to be happening this weekend. I pray that your, your, your blessing will be upon it and marriages will be restored. Marriages will be, you know, just blessed in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you make a way for everybody to be here. That we don't make excuses. We make plans. And I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst. We love you today, and I just thank you for blessing. And I also thank you, Lord, for our worship team that did an amazing job today. Thank you, Lord, for touching each and every one of them. They sang with such great power and strength. I thank you, Lord, for continually working with them and through them. They are absolutely touching heaven with their voices. And I thank you, Lord, for each and every one of them. And we give you praise and going on in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, amen.